0: Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, good whenever you're listening to this. Hi, my name is Rabbi Tuvia Brander, and welcome to the first segment of Minutes of Mishnah. As we prepare for Shavuot and continue to operate under these extraordinary circumstances, it's my pleasure to share with you this new initiative, Minutes of Mishnah. My hope is that together, during these hectic times in our lives, we could steal a few moments each and every day to learn a bit of Mishnah together. What's a Mishnah, you might ask? The Mishnah is the first major written work of the Jewish Oral Law, redacted sometime towards the end of the second century, beginning of the third century CE. Our goal right now is to begin, study, and finish the tractate of Chagigah, which has 23 Mishnayot in preparation for Shavuot, the holiday where we celebrate receiving the Torah. While any type of Torah learning is a great way to prepare for the holiday of Shavuot, and while there's no specific tractate dealing with the laws of the holiday of Shavuot, like there is for Pesach, the tractate of Pesachim, or Sukkot, the tractate of Sukkah, and Shabbat, you guessed it, the tractate of Shabbat, Chagigah, the tractate we're about to begin, uniquely speaks to Shavuot, as Shavuot is the unique time where we bring a korban shlamim, A korban which, a sacrifice, which is a little bit hard to translate and we'll get to as we begin to study, but for now we'll call it either the well-being, the thanksgiving, or the greeting sacrifice, is the only time that this korban shlamim is brought as a communal sacrifice, as a korban seaborg. Before we get into background and defining all the terms, I just want to invite you to join with me. You can follow along. In an English Mishnah, a Hebrew Mishnah, or any other language that speaks to you, all the Mishnayot are available online at safaria.org. If you have any questions or a term you're not sure about or a concept you want to go over, it'd be my pleasure to review it with you. Email me. You can text me. You can call me. You could hire a skywriter if you'd like. I'd, be, I'd love to be in a conversation about these Mishnayot together. Um, and lastly, if you'd like to dedicate a Mishnah in loving memory of someone or to commemorate a happy occasion or a special event or just to honor someone special in your life, please feel free to reach out to me and be happy to make those arrangements. With that, let's begin a short introduction to the first Mishnah and the first part of the Tractate of Chagigah. The whole first part of the Tractate of Chagigah deals with the mitzvah, the commandment of Aliyah Lorego. The thrice annual pilgrimage to the Beit HaMikdash, to the temple in Jerusalem, for the high holidays, for the festivals of Sukkot, of Shavuot, and Pesach. and deals with the sacrifices that the pilgrim has the opportunity to bring and the obligation to bring at that moment. And as we dive into the world of sacrifices, let's recall two classes of sacrifices, of the many sacrifices that can be brought in the temple. The first is the Olah, the burnt offering which, as the English name sounds like, is totally burnt as it's sacrifice to God, kula la fully to God. This sacrifice, this class of sacrifice, is like the tamid, the daily sacrifice in the morning and the evening, like the musaf, the special additional sacrifice that we bring on holidays, on Rosh Chodesh, on Shabbat. The second class of sacrifices that we need to remind ourselves of is the shlamim, the Shlamim is a little hard to translate into English. Sometimes it's the well being offering, the greeting offering. The Shlamim is, is not totally consumed by the altar, but is actually split three ways. Part of it is given to God, quote unquote, and therefore brought on the burnt. Part of the meat can be eaten by the bringers of, bringers of the Korban or as we call them in Mishnaic terminology, the owners, the Baalim of the Korban. And part of it is given to the Kohen, as part of a special gift that is given to the Kohen, the Chazet and the Shok, the thigh and the breast. Anytime this meat is eaten though, it must be eaten with a certain sanctity and purity, in a state of ritual purity, the confines of where it can be eaten, it must be eaten within Jerusalem or within the Temple. And there's a limited amount of time that one has allowed to eat it. One has to eat it within two days and the night in between. All of these represent the holiness of the meat that is consumed as part of this korban. Parenthetically, this three-way split might be why it's called shlamim, from the root of shalom. that because all the different constituents have a piece in it, and everyone has a little portion, then it brings peace. God gets a peace, quote-unquote. The balim, the bringers of the sacrifice, get a peace. And the kohen, who is sacrificing, gets a peace. And therefore, everyone's happy, and therefore, everyone has shalom. Hence the word shlamim, perhaps. Now, when we talk about the sacrifices that one brings when they come to the Beit hakash to the temple, to fulfill the Aliyah Laregel opportunity— there are three potential sacrifices that one has the obligation to bring. The first is the olah riyah, which is the seeing olah, that one has an opportunity to appear before God, and that one brings a olah, which is fully burnt, to uh, mark the moment on every holiday. The second is the shalmei chagiga, or the slang, or the shortened way of describing it, is the hagiga offering. And that's where our tractate gets its name, And that really is just a sacrifice that describes the moment that we bring for the uh, holiday that one's able to eat as part of the experience of celebrating the holiday. And that is where the word Chag comes from. That when we call holiday Chag, then it really connotes the fact that there is this korban obligation. That every time the Torah says, Shalosh, regalim, Choguli. Three times celebrate this holiday, Chag. That really means three times bring this sacrifice for God at this moment, this Shlamim, this special type of sacrifice. And the third type is Shalmei Simcha, another type of Shlamim, which we will get to, that might be more, that is more optional uh, depending on the situation. So let's jump into the first Mishnah. Chayivim Everyone is obligated when they come to do the pilgrimage for Shalosh Regalim, for the three major festivals, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, to bring this Ola Riyah, this offering, this totally burnt offering, that is commemorating and establishing the moment that you have come to see and engage with God. And what's very interesting is that our Mishnah ironically begins, everyone is obligated, and then the next line is, Chutz, except for... A long list of people who are not obligating, Everyone is obligated to bring, except the following people: chutz bicheresh, shotev, katan, except for someone who is uh, deaf mute, someone who is shotev, someone who is certifiably uh, uh, not not uh, not mentally competent, and a katan, and someone who is below the age of majority, the tumtum, and someone whose gender is unknown. Androgynous and uh, Hermaphrodite, Benashim and women, Avadim She'enam Mishukharim, and slaves that have not yet been freed, Vachigor, Vesuma, V'Chola V'saken, someone who has uh, a limp, someone who is blind, someone who is ill and therefore not able to get to Jerusalem, someone who is Elderly and not able to get to Jerusalem, or yachol And anyone who is not able to ascend to the Beit HaMikdash to visit for the Ola Continues the Mishnah, the Ezu And what's considered a Katan, what's considered someone who is below the age of majority? Now, at first glance, this is a very strange question, because don't we know that the age of majority is 13 for boys and 12 for girls? Well, the Mishnah is really describing what age does a parent have the obligation to begin to train, to educate their children in this mitzvah of aliyah l'regel, of making, ascending the pilgrimage to the Beit Zemikdash. Kol <speaking> Sheinu <in> Yahoo l'rechov al Aviv l'yushalayim tivrei Beit Shammai describes that anyone, any child, who is not even able to ride on the shoulders of his father and to ascend to Jerusalem, Harabayat, the Temple Mount, anyone below that age who isn't able to do that minimal amount, that child is not even included in the special mitzvah of beginning to educate, of chinuch, of educating them in this mitzvah. U Beit Omrim, and Beit Hillel describes, House of Hillel, a little bit of a higher requirement. Anyone who is not able, any child who is not able to hold his father's hand, and to enter from Jerusalem to Harabayit, to ascend from the lower city of David up to the temple Mount, up to the temple itself, Shenemar, as it says, that the Torah describes. That one has that, we have this obligation for the three festivals, Shalosh Regalim, the three Regalim. And while that normally means in our colloquial terms that that is the three festivals, the fact that the Torah uses the root Regal, which means foot, shows us categorically that one needs to have some ability to ascend to the Temple Mount by foot to be able to be included in this mitzvah, marking the moment of the ascent, of marking the pilgrimage. Just to summarize, our Mishnah begins declaring that everyone is obligated to ascend to the Beit HaMikdash, to the Temple, to be Allah to visit God in the Beit HaMikdash for the three holidays for Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. And conversely, responsible to bring the Olad Riyah, this burnt offering to mark the moment of being seen before God. And then we delineate a long list of people who either categorically are exempt from Aliyah the Regal or technically are exempt because they're not able to fulfill the obligation of regel of walking on their feet to ascend to the Beit HaMikdash, to ascend to the temple. And we conclude the mission describing at what age does one have the obligation to begin to train their child in the experience, in the magic and the majesty of Aliyah Rego, of seeing and experiencing the pilgrimage to the Beit HaMikdash. We see this debate between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, a question that really begs each one of us to think about at what age experiences are possible for our children to understand, to comprehend, and to be involved in. We'll continue with the next Mishnah tomorrow. I invite you to join with me on this journey as we march to Shavuot and complete the tractate of Chagiga together. Check back at this site for tomorrow's Mishnah, and uh, I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great whatever, whenever you're listening to this.